Minneapolis 911. What's your emergency? It's another episode of Minneapolis 911. Welcome to today's show with your host, the mayor of Minneapolis After Dark, L.A. Nick. And along with him is beautiful and hilarious co-host, comedian Hesley Ray. They'll be bringing you the 411 and 911 of our beloved city. And we're back with another week of Minneapolis 911. How you doing, Hesley? You know what? I'm doing really well. Are you? Yeah, it's a good night. I feel glad to be back here with you. I feel frigid, excited. Fr- frigid cold out. Frigid though. cold, like in the minus zeros. Oh, yesterday I don't know was if zero. That's a real I thing to today, say. I think today was actually seven. Well, that's a good number. That's the Lord's number. But Wait, is before it? that, is it really? yeah. What do you mean? Like, you know, it took seven days to make the earth, and then on the seventh day, the Lord rested, and but you know, know, now I, we're here. But that's that's officially the it's Lord's number? It's a holy number, number seven. Oh, I went to Catholic school for 12 years. I did not know that. Well, those nuns were full of <laughs> shit then. They didn't teach you that. I didn't, they didn't teach me that the Lord had a number. He did, and it's seven. Really? You know? Yep, it is true. So, um, I, well, Can you prove that? I can prove it, okay. yeah. All right, I'm, I'm going to Google that later. Give me seven days, and I'll prove it. <laughs> So we, last week, I made some predictions for 2017. Bum, bum, bum. L.A. Nick predicts the future. And one of them has come true sooner than I thought. Mm-hmm. Barnes & Noble on Nicolette Mall is the done. Is done. They are following the lead of Macy's, and they're pulling out of downtown Minneapolis. I was told by an, a leasing agent who leases that properties on that, in that area, and that property is up for lease. There was multiple interests who have all pulled out now. Be- yeah, because that sounds disgusting and perverted. <laughs> yeah, they pulled out. Okay. Um, because of the uncertainty of the construction of Nicolette Mall. You know, it is uncertain. I will say I feel like you're a witch, though, because you say these things and then they happen. Well, I just know too many people who know the inside scoop. So, so Ling and Louis did the same thing. Ling and Louis spent millions of dollars being, being, building Ling and Louis. Then, then the, the mall's in distress, and now Ling and Louis closed. So nobody else wants to do that same mistake. So they're like, well, when's Nicolette Mall going to be done? And city council goes, or downtown council, well, we're not really sure. I, I just have to say, for the people who are not in the studio with us right now, he just banged his hand on a Star Tribune article. When is this going to be done? He's like a, a like octogenarian old the, man right now. The Star Tribune. Uh, uh, he reads the physical the, paper, the, the, guys. The communism paper? It's not a communist paper. Well, what's that? That's Barack <laughs> Obama and a bunch of people in wheelchairs. What? That's the I centerfold of the headline section of the Why Star is Tribune. that communist? He's our president. He's with the Pope. He's with his there's, wife. There's no writing. Well, it's just pictures. People love to respond to imagery. Okay, why isn't there a picture of me there then? I don't know. Like, maybe you weren't the president. I don't know. Are you, like, leaving your okay, tenure of wh- a presidency? Why isn't there a picture of somebody way greater? Why isn't there a picture of me? Why isn't there a picture of the guy I mean, who, 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 who cured polio? Well, because that already, like, he already had a picture in the paper, and, like, the, we're done with that now. You know what? He didn't. He got screwed. Did he? So the guy the that, polio guy did? And so the guy who, who, who invented penicillin. They both mm, got screwed. Damn it. They didn't get any credit. I heard that the guy who invented penicillin, um, like, he... No, I told you this on a previous episode. Dang it. He was doing germ art. Oh, you did tell me that. He was doing bacterial art. That's a fact. Out, yeah. The guy, oh. did, he made art out of bacteria. Dr. Jonas Salk. Yeah, he did. Right. He made art out of bacteria, and he saw that one bacteria was eating another bacteria. And he's like, what the hell's going on here? And he figured out the one bacteria that was eating the other bacteria was a mold. 
and it was mm. penicillin, and it was mm. eating the other bacteria, which he came up with the cure. It's sort of a, like a euphemism for humanity in a way. But like how, one gross but, human is eating the other gross but human. But how crazy is it that the guy was creating germ art? Germ and ba- art. Bacterial art. He was making art I like art to call it jart. It was bacterial art, actually. Okay, fine. Bactart. It's another, it's anyway, another anyway, toothpaste as well. Barnes & Noble is following Macy's lead. So All now right. you have Macy's gone. Uh-huh. Barnes & Noble gone. Uh-huh. Sports Authority didn't even know. They opened for a day. Yep. And so is is uh, Target next? Is <gasps> No. Uh, uh, Their headquarters are downtown. Uh, 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 and they get a lot of business well, from the Target employees. Well, there's one other store on, on Nicolette. It's uh, uh, not, not uh, Saks? Marshall's. Marshalls. So, Saks oh. is long. Saks is long. Saks left Saks. in like 1985. Yeah, You're they, right. They reopened Fifth on Fifth on Saks. I thought the there was like a Saks underground thing. No, like they opened. This, they opened. Of, nope, they okay. opened a small one up in the Skyway. Yeah. Okay. So the YMCA is the only thing that I know that is coming. They're taking over the whole second floor of the Gavaday, mm-hmm. which I'm I'm glad they're coming in. It's going to be a fancy schmancy YMCA. Because that's what they're okay. doing now. They're building, they're trying to compete with Lifetime. Mm-hmm. So they're they're building that right now. That's going to take up a whole block, uh, but but not of street level, of second floor. So now you are going to have Macy's empty, mm-hmm. Barnes and Noble gone. Yeah, I think that Marshall's, Haskell's is around there though. Haskell's is doing pretty well. Well, Haskell's is down the street. And then there's the yeah, so they're in the Quinlan tent. building, right? Elizabeth yeah. Quinlan building, which, which is getting redone right now, and the, is, rent, and the rent and the rent's going to get doubled. Wow, ugh. Because people, I know people that are in that building. They said that they're getting forced out. Really? Yeah, because okay. they're redoing the whole building. And they do have a lot of small businesses around that area. So if you walk through the skyways, and if you notice the, all, the coin, the coin shop is yeah, yep. moved. And the sports place next door is gone. Well, where did they put their neon signs that look out on the street? They all left because because the rent's going to double. I see. Okay, so speaking of rents doubling, you had another story about that, didn't you? I did. There were some apartments, um, and do we want to talk about that right now? Or Absolutely. Are we gonna, okay. Yeah, we can All do right, that right let's now. Let's do that right yeah. now. All right. So you said that, um, like you, and this was another prediction. Last episode. Bum, bum, bum. Last LA episode. Nick's predictions. Um, you had said that you were really worried about the apartments coming into downtown area because, like, who's going to be able to afford these rents? Like, who's going to be moving there well, right not, now? Well, they're not moving in. They and thought if we build them, they will come, and they didn't come. And it was Field of Dreams, except we didn't have any ghosts that played baseball to make this work. So rising property taxes in Minneapolis, they didn't stop the new construction. The new construction still occurred. Um, so the value of the apartment buildings is soaring. Um, but landlords are now raising rents, which is causing people to leave. And the the reason why is, well, I think I think that's kind of a, a an excuse. They built them thinking they will come, mm-hmm. but they didn't come. And actually, well, people ha- need hey, Hesley, jobs. Hesley, what people pulled out? Ugh, that's the worst thing to do to a woman. <laughs> I mean, to a society. I mean, really. They pulled out. They just pulled right out. Pulled out. No. They used the pulled out technique. Damn it. That's never effective. Like, first of all, it's never effective. Secondly, you just leave a lot of frustrated people. Well, I'm just telling you, that's what's going on. And so everybody who lives downtown, your rent will go up this year. I know I have had a property assessor knocking on my door of my property, and I told him what's... Do you answer the door yourself? I do. You know what I tell him? <laughs> do you always wear the same outfit, or like sometimes are you in a, like a plush bathrobe, and you're like, hello, and nah, you have a cigar in your mouth? I either have a 
Slayer shirt on, or what do I have on tonight? Could you? Motorhead shirt. I don't want to. You just heard a zip. I was like, a, I don't want to. A maiden shirt. I was. You have a you have a lot of your your Black. gear on. I I would yeah. say it's not gear. It's just one what I wear. day. Could you just wear a plush velvet robe? And, I don't have like, one. Do you have one? I'll give it give it to you. I'll give it to you, and then you All can right. answer the door like that with like you a buy super, me one like for Christmas. A Cuban cigar. Hello. But anyway, a city council person told me, and I won't okay. I won't say who. If a tax assessor ever knocks on your door, tell them go away. By law, I do not do not have to allow you on in my property. You assess my my property from the street, and that's by law. You do not have to let them in your property. So you've said this before. Um, you know, if somebody is like, "I want to assess you," I think you should always shut the door. Like, I, no one should assess anyone else's property, no. physical or otherwise. That's right. And I've um, I've been told by city council people. And I, like I said, I won't. It's not on the record. I won't say who. That if you have a really nice house, is it Jacob and, Fry? And nice stuff. Is it uh, Jacob Fry? I'm not gonna say who it is. Who is if it? If you have nice stuff, your property taxes will be higher than if you have a dump. A dump. <laughs> if you have a dump. Well, there's still some dumps be... downtown, man. Well, I would like to take this time to say that I'm starting a GoFundMe page um, <laughs> for a plush robe for Nick to answer the door with. And then I would also like to say, oh, if it was that, Barb man. Johnson, if she's the council no, person, I wouldn't say who. I would. I'm just give... gonna keep naming names until you wink at me. And I'll keep saying no. All right. Never give up All my right. sources. You know what? Yes, you do. Sometimes you do. Listen, I don't want to lose. I don't. I don't want to lose their trust. I'm really excited about this show. Do you know why? I do know. We have a great guest. Oh my gosh! I'm so excited. Do you yeah. want to say what it is? No, go ahead. All right. So um, you know that the whole premise of our show is that we want to better the city. We want to understand the city. We want to isolate what is going on currently. And then we want to promote change and to help with solutions. You and I are sort of like two really educated, very smart, very down-to-earth people (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna laugh at that. I'm one. just joking. You and I are two characters just bumping our heads We're together. We're two total idiots. We're two total idiots <laughs> bumping our heads together. We can kind of highlight things, but really, we need somebody who knows what's going on. So this week on this episode, we have a 33-year veteran of the Minneapolis. Oh, I was advertising 25-year veteran. No, 33 years on the force. It's almost your whole life. Minneapolis Police Department. It's almost your whole life. It's almost my whole life. Like plus, minus two years. Do <laughs> you guys do the math? So anyway, the whole point is we've got somebody here. Uh, his name is Jeff Jindra. Super excited to have him on the show because this man served Minneapolis um, for 33 years. He's now retired and able time. able to speak freely to us. Thank God. So he's going to like actually tell us the truth of what's going on. Tell us what's happening in the city now. Tell us what he's been through um, for his whole career. His whole life was this. And he's got two sons who are currently serving in Brooklyn Park, Brooklyn Center, um, Brooklyn Park, and then also Minneapolis Police Department. And so he's got just tons of insight, and I'm really, really excited to talk to him. So I am too. And before we bring him on, I know we have a break coming up, but I want to play. We had a bad week this week in Minneapolis downtown. Last weekend we had... Three people shot. Okay. That was last weekend. That's not the 414. That's not next to the gay 90s. Is that yes, the one? that was okay, last that's weekend. The one. Okay. We played it on yep, last week's we show. Did. Yep, okay. So this weekend, 
this weekend, which was January 6th, 7th, and 8th. Yes. Yep. We had a shooting on Friday night. What? Three Again? Pe- three people shot on the same exact place. Really? Exact Next same. Next to Gay 90s again. Exact okay. same place. All right. Right across from the police department. Third and first. First precinct. Yeah. Like right outside their door, basically. Right outside their door. Friday night, three people shot. Okay. Saturday night, three people shot. One killed. Okay. So, and so I, I want to talk so, about the precincts too. So, so, first is right downtown by the gay 90s. First is downtown. Fifth is like uptown area. Well, you can ask your our guest. I'm going to ask our I guest. I know fourth is north. Okay. I know first is downtown. That's pretty much uh-huh. all I know. But I know fifth because that's where I live. And so then that's I talk, the ones that are I talked me. to some officers last night who were responding to both of these calls. Okay. And they both told me that shooters were caught. Okay. And they both were St. Paul gang members oh. from the Bogus Boys. Bogus Boys. Which I think is a pretty dumb name for gang. That's a super dumb name. Get huh? a better name, Gangbusters. How would you get a better I mean, God, bogus? I don't know if he calls Bogus. Like, hey, Marty McFly. <laughs> I mean, what's Bogus is what's, like? Bogus is like gnarly. I'm going to be called the gnarly guys. But wasn't bogus like like fake? Like you're, you're bogus? Yeah, like, like you're no totally good? Totally bogus. Like yeah, psych. It's bogus. Like you're fake. Yeah, you're super like, So why fake. would a gang call themselves the bogus boys? I don't know. All right, so Dumb. I it's alliteration. I want to play this 911 call from last night. All right. This is a very long call. It's eight minutes long. Oh, God. Um, If we can shrink it down any, we will. But I want to just let you hear Let's the Let's get through full it. Effect. And yeah. then, yeah. 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 6146, multiple shots fired near the freeway. Copy, multiple shots fired near the freeway, or from 119 4th Street North. It looks like there's people running out of, uh, over by the storage, uh, by Azul again. Copy, squads to check near Azul for the sound of shots. 109, I'll hit that one. Copy, squads back 109. 132, set up. Copy. it as well. Copy. 131, looks like we got some sort of a disturbance or a bunch of group of people at the uh, mega bus stop. We're going to be checking it out here. Copy, disturbance near the mega stop. bus stop. 6146, security says it's at the mega bus stop, wherever that is. Copy, at the mega bus stop. Alright, 162. Uh, we got a few people down over here. Why don't you do at least three, three EMS rigs for now? Copy, three EMS. Three EMS rates to the mega bus stop. Trans 105, can you get cars to stop traffic going uh, southbound on 3rd from 1st? Copy, squats to stop traffic southbound 3rd Avenue to 1st. Car 9. Car 9. Had uh, somebody flag me down here over by uh, the chute. Said that the shooter ran in the parking lot down uh, behind uh, the mega bus stops or the parking lot reaccess access the field at Target Field. Copy, the shooter possibly ran in the parking lot behind the bus stop near the Target Field access. One, two, three, we're down here. Copy. 109, this says the shooter's possibly ran up into the ramp. We got two down, we need two right. Copy, shooter possibly ran into the ramp, two down. 6146, we came out of the ramp. Didn't see anything. Copy, nothing seen inside the ramp. 132 is in the lower parking lot. Copy. Squad 109. 105, we need someone to block traffic at Washington and 3rd Avenue. Copy, squads to back traffic at, block traffic at Washington and 3rd Avenue. Where is EMS needed on the shooting? Hey, 130, I'll take that traffic post. 
Copy. We're in front of the parking garage down by Azul mid-block. Copy. In front of the parking garage in front of Azul mid-block. 132. 132. I got a witness down here said possible shooters got into an older white van that took off through the parking lot and uh, went out onto Washington. Copy. Possible suspect vehicle in an older white van left the parking lot onto Washington. Okay, so I know the result would happen at the end of this story because um, I talked to the officers who were actually in this call. And uh, so the white van was actually put, caught. It was caught on Washington in front of Deja Vu. Okay. And they got the shooter. And he was a St. Paul gang member. Now, if you listen to this call, I don't know how cops do it because this call reaches from the freeway all the way to Washington at at. You know, I talked to a cop once, though, and they were like, you might be able to outrun people on foot, but you could never outrun the radio. Oh, yeah, it's true. Is that true? Absolutely. So, I mean, like, they just, like, they're connected to each other. So, they're like, hey, yeah, guess what? I'm here, but this guy went this way. I got, got, him got 94 going west. You've got communication in a lot yep. of cars. You're yep. going to get caught. Yep. yep. There's nowhere you can hide but, but from the, the radio. But the, key, the key to this, though— was the witness telling the cops he got in an older white van. If that witness didn't come forward, guess what? He would never have gotten that. Right. Yep. And so that, I mean, like those, the people who are the good citizens, like those are the, you know, the people kind of. But I'm saying if, uh, you, yeah. if that person didn't come mm -hmm. forward, it would have been. The, it would have been the perfect crime. There were no, he wouldn't have got caught. Yeah. But yep. the, the, just, just the chaos of this call, and if, and if you guys go to our last week's show and listen to that call where the female cops is, is begging for help in the precinct, first precinct's alleyway, because she's getting bombarded by people, mm -hmm. they have a scary job. Yeah, I would say they have a terrifying job. Nobody would want it. And so, I mean, like, honestly, we've got Jeff Drinja here, um, and I want to talk to him. I mean, the, the rest of this show is going to be devoted to his insights on this, too. But I got a million we, questions for him. When we come back, we're going to bombard him with questions. He's going to, like— He's going to regret he came he's here. He's going to regret <laughs> that he came here. I'm glad he's here, though. So let's um, let's stay tuned for Jeff Drinja coming back, and then we're going to just, like, blow the— the truth out of these waters. 33 MPD, 33 years MPD veteran. 33 years of experience. We'll be right back. Minneapolis 911. I'm Hesley Ray with LA Nick, Minneapolis911.com. You want great hair? Join the evolution. Evolution Salon, the Twin Cities only Lanza Concept Salon. You want great hair? Join the evolution. Evolution Salon has everyday styles, event cuts, color, foils, makeup services, hip, cool, and oh, so stylish. Delivered by the area's top hairstylists that will make you look like a runway model. Finish off the look with great products exclusively from Lanza. You want great hair? Join the evolution. And experience hair culture at Lynn Lake in South Minneapolis. Welcome to The Exchange. The Exchange. Featuring two full-surface bars, a dance floor, exclusive VIP seating. The Exchange. Immerse yourself in the underground oasis with the Twin Cities' sexiest people. The Exchange. A swanky cocktail lounge for grown-ups of stunning beauty. And the most state-of-the-art sound and light equipment available anywhere in North America. 
the first Function One Evo sound system. Like sound and music perfection. Elevate your club experience at the Exchange. Exchange Nightclub, 10 South 5th Street, Lumber Exchange Building, Downtown Minneapolis. The Exchange, your premier nightlife destination. Tired of the big box store? Hello? Is anybody out there? Had it with mom and pop hardware stores? OMG, it was just here last week. Want something just right? That's Buyswingers, your local, larger neighborhood hardware store. At Buyswingers, we have it all. Power equipment, outdoor living, hardware, a place where neighbors help neighbors complete that backyard renovation, paint your home, or just let you know what food that cardinal in your tree wants for supper. Buyswingers, your local, larger neighborhood hardware store with more. 35 West North to County Road 96, exit 28A in New Brighton. And we're back, Minneapolis 911. I'm Hesley Ray with Ali and Nick, and we are so excited that tonight we've got a very special guest in the studio, Mr. Jeff Jindra. He was on uh, Minneapolis Police Force for 33 years, now retired and able to share all of his secrets. I am so excited to crack the code and get into his brain. Um, we had talked a little bit before, Mr. Jindra, and um, we talked about your years on the force. I would like to do a little intro to you. It sounded like you did a lot of specialized units. Um, it sounds like you did a lot of crime pre- prevention. But over your 33 years, like where did you uh, serve the most? And kind of tell us a little bit about your career, and then we can get into the nitty-gritty of, of okay. what we want to talk yeah. about. Nice to be here. I, uh, 12 years in Brooklyn Park, I started there okay. first before coming to Minneapolis. Um, well, I was at Brooklyn Park. I worked like a regular patrol officer and then uh, got involved in the area of narcotics enforcement, being undercover narc. And okay. did that for yeah, about five years. They, uh, they, don't, they don't, don't no longer do that, right? In Minneapolis, we don't have a narcotics there unit. There is no narcotics no, unit. No narcotics or, unit in Minneapolis. Or, or gang unit. No, no gang. Well, there is a gang unit now. There is now. They're not as proactive as prior gang units used okay. to be. But there is there is no narcotic act. No narcotic unit. And what did you used to do, yeah. like, for the narc unit? Like, how did you do it? Would you do, like, try to go sell it to people or what? Uh, well, on occasion. But uh, mostly uh, how narcotics cases are built is from informants. Okay. From, Surveilling. Uh, from, well, from uh, everywhere from patrol officers will get a guy for, I mean, I get some of the biggest dope cases of guys working off a careless driving charge. Oh, uh, okay. Commanding a patrol officer to get something, guys wants to get out from underneath this charge, that's kind of how cases oh, are made. Oh, so you would yeah, go in, in and exchange, you'd be like, you right. know what, you, like, we're either going to put you in the the clangy, I don't know what you would say, but this is what I'm pretending, I'm going to put you in the clangy for 50 years, or... You're going to give me your dope dealer from Chicago. Who is it? And then, like, not you'd from send. Chicago, okay, fine, whatever. Like, you know, you'd be like, you tell me who's your daddy. And then, you know, like, they would say, fine, I've yeah. crack. And they'd be sweating. I'm just like imagining this is your job. And you look really scary. So I, I'm already sweating. I didn't even do anything wrong um, that you know of. And um, then you would say, like, fine, like, you, like, wear this wire and you'd wire them up and then they'd go into like a convenience store and a poo would be there and then you know some, not, oh not, okay uh, can you tell me what kinda, really happened sort of like that but not really <laughs> it's yeah, uh, not really at all. um <laughs> <laughs> oh i you thought you worked on csi dang it <laughs> no. i'm always wrong and okay so tell me what really would happen like, um, on a, t- on a you, typical case any good narcotics investigator you have a like a stable of informants and they they work for a variety of reasons you'll uh, they're working off 
charges or they're like dope, you arrest a guy with some drugs and then have him give up his source. There's okay. also... Uh, there's How also would you do it? Did you waterboard? Uh, no, no oh, waterboard okay. involved. No, All right. no, no waterboard Did you involved. ever say the word clangy? No clangy. Clink, <laughs> clink, maybe, I guess. Back in the old days, would be okay. no cl- clangy. I'm going to put you clink. in the clink. clink. Uh, that's what I meant. Sorry. Clink. Right, the <laughs> clink. <laughs> so, he, you know, Hesley's kind of more pro-drug than <laughs> I am. Pro-drug. Okay. I'm super pro-drug. I'm totally sorry. anti-drug. I don't I've, think that I've any, heard, yes. I don't think that anything <laughs> should be legalized. Uh, she's pro-legalizing marijuana. I'm yeah. against legalizing marijuana. For recreational use, completely. Right. Um, all for medical. If you cannot take an opiate and take a pill for your pain, I'm all good with that for THC, but I'm not for recreational marijuana. Um, so I respect Drug Task Force. I'm amazed that we do not have one in this city. We're one of the only cities that are in our population in America who does not have a drug task force. And we are inundated with drugs in Minneapolis, inundated. And the city just denies, denies, denies. We have so much heroin coming into Minneapolis. We're probably one of the top cities. We're a hub for heroin. And the city just denies it. And I don't know, how long have you been off the force? Uh, June of uh, 2015, June 30th. So you, you were seeing heroin. Right. Oh, yeah. tons of heroin. I used yeah. to, and, and it's not, uh, narcotics enforcement, and it still goes on in the city. Um, the main narcotics unit where I used to work there for a while is, is disbanded. Right. There is a smaller unit that's attached to the FBI called the VOTEF, Violent Offenders Task Force. And they work some drug cases, some, they got, there's got to be weapons doesn't, doesn't violence. Doesn't Hennepin County have a little one too? Right. Yeah. And, they're, they have, and then each precinct has, although they're somewhat real scaled back now, each precinct uh, has like an eight-man uh, plainclothes unit that is like a little mini narcotics unit. They don't do as long-term cases. But they do the prostitution uh, and drug uh, investigations, so, so, and they also do like uh, livability crimes. So who stops and, them from going on Hennepin Avenue? Because open air drug deals on every corner. There, well, the, the ever since probably ever since like the Jamar Clark shooting, the the focus now has been away from the plainclothes uh, enforcement. They do more like uniform walking the beat. And who who and can, North. Who, who, you know, who controls that? Like, who tells them the what to do? The mayor and the city council people. So, And I, I used to be the supervisor of the third precinct. Um, what does that cover? Third so team. third is which um, ward? Uh, as in, you got the uh, address all wrong. It was the last podcast. The 24th and Cedar where they had the guy get shot in the basketball yeah. court. Yeah. Okay. That's in third mm-hmm. precinct. That's way over southeast. Okay. So I noticed a trend recently in the MPD that inspectors of different wards or for different precincts, right. or doing rotations. So you don't have an inspector in, a, in one house for very long. So there's no accountability. So they're rolling inspectors from precinct to precinct every three months or four months. So there's nobody to go back to to say... And that's new. That's new. What's the, what's the, the logic behind that? Because to me, it, it's, 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 it's not proactive. It's... It, counter it's because like how could you get no. to know what's going on in your they're, they're, they're not getting to know their neighborhood before they're i was they're gonna rotating. say hood right. so i sounded more credible they keep rotating them and to me i think it's to cook the books on accountability you mean cook like meth well i, I guess it would in some regards it is i think it does uh, lessen the effectiveness not only that the neighborhoods don't get to know their inspector but the employees actual 
the right, cops. Because each precinct has about, what, 140, 150 people. And if you keep changing upper management like that, it gets unstable, and you don't know what's expected of you as right. a regular I mean, officer. I know just from my experience with the first precinct, we're on our fourth inspector in right. a little over a year. I mean, it's ridiculous. Right. And, and they're, they're not quitting or they're, they're getting promoted. They're getting rotated. Right. I was told, oh, he got rotated. So I get, I get, I get called from city council. We, we, we want to set up a meeting with you with Inspector Force of the 1st Precinct. So I go and meet with the guy and all. We hit it off. You know, liked him. Nice guy. I go back a week later to tell him some information, uh, some insight. <laughs> they go, oh, he got rotated. I'm like, what do you mean rotated? Like, yeah, we're rotating all our inspectors every couple months to different precincts. And I have a question for, for Officer Jindra here is, do you think that they just hired an actor to, like, placate him for a day and, like, he never actually met with anyone? They could have. They could have just <laughs> had a homeless guy they dressed up they, like. So the only like person, the only inspector I've met that I still actually talk to is Rondo, which I'm sure you know oh, Rondo. Yeah. Um, it's funny because he is a good guy. Right. He's a good guy. And he moved up. But but nobody knows what the title is. <laughs> He's moved up to some title. It's it's deputy chief of police or deputy chief. Assistant. But deputy chief of what? He's like assistant deputy chief. He's number two guy, I guess we do. Call I, him, I, I was told was, three. Is he three? Well, no. Yeah, he would be number three. You'd have uh, I guess deputy chief Arnest would be number two. Chris Arnest. Right. I like Chris. And she was an inspector downtown. I like Chris. Yeah. She was she was head of sex crimes yep. for a while. And uh, she's str- I think she's pretty straight up. Yes, she is. But I feel like they all have become politicians. Well, especially lately, you think in this current climate. They're, they all they're become all politicians because yeah. they don't, like, they used to come drop by my house at lunchtime and be like, hey, let's go to lunch or let's go on, or, or call me Where up. Where would say, they take you? To Manny's? No, actually, uh, I would, they would take me on ride-alongs and show me some scary stuff, like stuff I've never seen, like back behind the yeah, Salvation Army. Right. No, I'm serious. I went on a couple of ride-alongs with Rondo in broad daylight at 12 noon, and back up behind this, the, uh, uh, the Salvation Army. Yep. Man, that one alleyway. Yeah. I was What'd like, holy what? crap. I was like, holy crap. Even Rondo. So our windows were down. It was a hot day. And we're, we're riding Ugh. down this alleyway. And there's all these big, giant, big dudes. I mean, big. And there's this, there's this girl. She was nodding out like almost. Her hand was almost touching the ground. She was just tired. Her hand was, was almost touching out. the ground. But she was still standing up. And this big, big, big dude goes, what the fuck are you looking at? And we're, I'm in a cough, cough. Yeah. The cough. <laughs> and I go. I looked at Rondo, and all he did was roll his windows up, and we just kept going, man. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's scary. It's pretty scary over there. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yep, I've been there many I times. Wanna... Yeah. It's a scary place. Scary part, yeah, it's remind me not to go there at and... noon. And you, it, well, at, inspectors are uh, kind of like at-will employees. They're not civil service ranked. Well, lieutenant is the highest civil service rank. Oh, okay. Rank. So they uh, become politicians. And you can't be, you have to be transferred for a reason, but inspectors can be just transferred at the chief's whim. All right, when we come back, I want to talk to you more because you have drug court information. You have historical information. We want to talk about our mayor, Betsy Hodges. And I want to talk about so much. So we'll be back soon. I'm Hesley Ray with L.A. Nick and our special guest, Jeff Jindra. Minneapolis911.com. Minneapolis911.com. Thank you.
unique and inspiring dining choice. That's Bank Restaurant in downtown Minneapolis. Housed in a beautifully restored circa 1900 bank building, it's the perfect place for a casual breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Featuring modern American dining, where fresh local ingredients combine with a historic yet revitalized setting for a truly unique dining experience. A four-star surrounding with a casual price. Whether it's a power lunch, lunch with your girls, or romantic dinner, Bank Restaurant is a lively and effervescent new way to dine at 88 South 6th Street in downtown Minneapolis, where four stars meets casual dining. On the air with Ricky Rocket. Ricky, you just finished your farewell tour. What's next for the Rocket? The answer is simply. What? Simply self-storage. They've got it all. Both traditional storage for my amps and equipment to climate control to help control extreme temperatures, dust and humidity for my famous guitars. And talk about safety and convenience. Computerized gate access, 24-hour camera surveillance, and on-site staffing. Simply self-storage. Visit them today at simplyss.com. Find out how to get rest of month free. Simply self-storage. You definitely chose the right place. Welcome to The Exchange. A swanky cocktail lounge for grown-ups of stunning beauty. The Exchange. Featuring two full-service bars, a dance floor, exclusive VIP seating. With the Twin Cities' sexiest people. The most state-of-the-art sound and light equipment available anywhere in North America. The first Function One Evo sound system. Exchange Nightclub, 10 South 5th Street, Lumber Exchange Building, downtown Minneapolis. The Exchange, your premier nightlife destination. And we're back, Minneapolis911.com. I'm Hesley Ray. We are back with our special guest. Jeff Jindra, and we were just left off. Like, so you've got again wealth of information. Thirty-three years on the forest. You said you started out in Brooklyn Park, um, moved to Minneapolis. Uh, one question that I did have that we kind of highlight a lot, and I know that this is going to take a bulk of of your insight, and so I apologize ahead of time. With each mayorship that comes through over thirty-three years, um, and especially when you were with the city of Minneapolis proper. How does the mayor change affect your work and protocol and like how you treat your job? Because you went into this, obviously, for a reason that you can explain, you know, like you wanted to become a police officer. Why? I don't know. I would like you to answer that. But then also when you did become a police officer, every time the mayor changes, does that change the nature of your work, your passion for it, your volition like how yeah. does that affect what you did um if you can get into that i think that's very interesting to me sure i, I think uh, like most people everybody gets into police work because you you want to help and you want the action you mm -hmm. want excitement uh i went to school i went to college to be a gym teacher actually but uh i could see that just couldn't see myself doing that for forever 30 years yeah 30 years so then uh kind of uh always Policing looked really exciting. Looked mm -hmm. fun. You could help people out. I, I hate always hated bullies, you know. And uh, bullies are bad. Yeah, I've got two little kids at home right now, and and we learn a lot about bullies. Okay. And you're right. So you're. I mean, I think it starts young, and, and yeah, then, you kind of uh, want to patrol that and and to uh, help the the people who are not trying to hurt others. And and then uh, yeah, got into uh, law enforcement. The uh, working on the street, being a patrol officer. 
Mm-hmm. It's a, that's a very rewarding job. It's fun. And then, do, they, do they still have actual patrol officers in Minneapolis? Yeah. Like, did they, like they got, did they have yeah. beat cops? Because I never see the same they, cop They ever. have beat cops downtown. They, they have, uh, well, they have your, your bicycle cops. You get some very good bicycle they, cops. They, they used to. They They're used doing to. The day shift. But they used to. Okay. Well, it's two years ago, Two years ago, I saw the same bike cops every day. Right. That was two years ago. Now, no. It's because they're I avoiding think, you. No, I think the, the, a couple of them. There was one that was getting really uh, angry. There's he has been on the force for a very long time. Right. He, he was getting kind of angry all the time and like knocking bicy- people off the bicycles that were right on the sidewalk. He was getting a little crazy. <laughs> I think I they gave that. him early retirement. They might have. I think he left, mm-hmm. and I think another one left too, right with him. And they've been on the force for long. They were our two main bike cops. Right, and they're partners forever. Don't they, they are gone. Right. They. They are both gone. That's too bad. They yep. knew everybody downtown. But they are gone. Yeah, right. We don't have a legit beat cop downtown anymore. You do have, they call them beats where they are assigned areas. So it's not beats by Dre, just uh, to be clear. Did you, no, you know, okay. you know, did, you know, did you know mac and cheese? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so mac and cheese. Not are, the food? They were the closest thing that I know to beat cops downtown. What is Patrick that? Patrick and John. Uh they just call them mac and cheese because one of them is kind of cheesy. Patrick, he's kind of like cheesy, and John's real tough looking, like like he'd be a tough so gym he's teacher. Mac? Like he'd be a ch- yeah. He say he was mac. Okay. So it's mac and cheese, and uh, I like both of those guys a lot and respect both of them a lot. They're the closest thing I knew to because they used to work the door of seven. Yep. Every single night. Right. They're no longer there because Patrick got promoted right. to a, a desk job, and and John's got promoted too. All right. So okay. now I don't know of any of any uh, beat cops anymore. Well, there are there are beat cops, but uh, a lot. Some of the problem is that when they're short staffed, your beat cops have to jump into squads and become nine one one responders. Right, and that's and, where and you won't I, see I them. Wanted to, I wanted to ask you that question too, because I've heard r- different rumors, and I think Rondo told me a long time ago, downtown on Monday and Tuesday. There's very few patrol cars to respond to nine one one calls. He told me actually there's three. So if I call 911, she calls 911, he calls 911, then you call 911, you're going to wait an hour plus. Let's yeah. try it right is now. That, was, that, was that true? Yeah, you're you were... probably, you'd, you'd kind of be shocked too, even on weekend nights, how few squads are out there. Uh, the whole city runs, there are more part-time officers than there are on-duty officers downtown. So we're very short-handed. When you hear the, that, uh, when you hear the shooting response, those guys, the, the, the four-digit numbers are all part-time. It's a business, hires them. In uniform to be there. Right. And when you work part-time, like seven, right. you have to check in with dispatch, and they give you your call sign. Sure. You're responsible for any calls in that but area. I, I, I noticed a lot, of, a lot of officers now who are working those details of private properties are now logging out so they can't get <laughs> called. <laughs> and they told me that. Like, we're logging out when we, get, when we go on duty at these, at these venues because we don't want to get called. Or that you just, you know, they can ignore it or if you want to you know, i didn't hear the call i mean it's you're not supposed to be the first responder responder right it's supposed to be the district car but if right. you're right there they'll send you the call but if you're tied up or you know a lot of times like the guys working they call it a bar beat the part-time guys it's, right. it's just too loud wherever you are you can't listen to radio and right especially especially, yeah. when, especially right. when it's really cold out like right now the mm-hmm. cops have to be inside right. the bar they are responsible for a lot of policing and i think it was they called out the witness statement too the I, I have noticed a trend in the last six months of a lot of people coming up and stanking the officers outside of clubs and what? saying, hey, thanks. Stanking? Stanking. Oh, I think you said stanking. No, stanking like, and saying thanks, you know, thanks, for, thanks for your service. And I've noticed that downtown a lot. 
even though our trouble has increased, uh, I think, there's still you know, some sort yeah. of warmth and respect for these. Uh, yeah. And so you got into the business, I'm, I'm assuming for that, like you want to make a difference, you want right. to help, you want to to make a change and, and help the people who need it. And then also maybe redirect the people who are causing the problems. Right. Um, so again, then like when you, you start out like that and there's one leader in charge who is ultimately the mayor, right? Then Correct. the chief of police under that, then you have the different ranks. So has the mayor ever, ever actually addressed the, the officers themselves? I, I understand that uh, Mayor Hodges did go to a roll call in the 4th Precinct when they were having the occupation there. I heard that didn't go so well for her, but I, I don't think I, I've never talked directly to them. I've talked to well, previous mayors. I've talked to So they'll, they'll actually get involved. Uh, RT was a involved. pretty good guy with yeah. get involved with yeah. policing. And Betsy it, seems very reclusive. Yes. Very, very uh, non-transparent. Um, Hides she, out. She hides. She hides. She's never had that good of a relationship with the rank and file. Well, I, I, I don't, I don't, I've only been here for seven years, but I, I know a the lot. The Lord's of, number. I know a lot of, the Lord's number. I know a lot of officers, and they tell me that the police department and the city of Minneapolis government have never had a good relationship, that they always have been in odds. It's like a 15-year-old battle. I don't know what started it, but I've been told that they never, and I've been told this by city government people too, that the, both departments have never worked on the same page. Do you find that to be pretty true? To some extent, yeah, because they, it, it seems to have grown worse since I've been around. It seemed like, actually, you know, Sharon Sells Belton was a fairly good mayor to work for. She's fairly proactive. Um, although you could go back to, you know, the one time they did get along was when Charlie Stenvig got, uh, he was a homicide detective and got to be mayor. So that was oh, good. I bet he was a big hit. <laughs> what year was that? Yeah. When was that? Oh, we're talking in the 60s then. Yeah, because they would never let that happen. No, today. it would never happen. That no. was the, the, all the cops. <laughs> cops had to all live in the city, and they were a huge voting block plus the campaign. And I don't think I don't think there's I don't know of any cop who lives in the city. They there, all live in the. There are, there are some, but not downtown. Uh, I don't know a cop that lives downtown. Who could yeah, afford it? They're could, raising rents. Right. Yeah, and cops do not get good there's, salaries. Yeah, there's a. Uh, I think some northeast, yeah. Yeah, in some way yeah. south. Yeah, I don't know any live downtown. So, no. well, you were active. Then your favorite leader for a mayor was Sharon. Or, or, okay. Or R. T. Ryback too. Or R. T. Ryback. Proactive. Okay. And was, why is that? What's the difference between how they leaded the police force versus the, now? Uh, Bicycle Betsy. Or led. <laughs> I'm sorry, I said leaded, <laughs> they, but led. They yeah. actually stood up for. Uh, it seemed like for the cops, or would back them and not condemn them. You're, you're going to have critical incidents. It's, it's, it's the nature of the business where, you know, there's shootings that aren't cut and dried. There's use of force that, that's not cut and dried. That if you come out and they didn't immediately come down and, and condemn the cops, which kind of take, takes the stuffing out of uh, their will to go out and be proactive. Um, Mr. Rybick actually was a pretty good guy. I talked to him on numerous occasions. He, he didn't, uh, you know, openly clash with the police union. Like, uh, as, he sh- as, he, like, as he should. Yeah. See, Mayor Hodges, even as a council person, used to clash with the union all the time. She was never no, a big fan of the cops. But, no. And, no. And I don't understand that because no matter what your take is, policing is a necessary evil in the world. Yes. It's, it's a thing you have to have. To judge every cop as a bad cop is like saying every black person's a criminal. That's like saying every black person. It is. It's the same thing. It's well, I'm looking at our producer right now and... I don't know. <laughs> Our producer's a big black man. He looks like he's a criminal, too. He's super scary. And, yeah. yeah. He is scary. Yeah. But it, it is, uh, it is a, a prejudice. 
And then, it's a prejudice that has grown so much in the last year and a half that I don't understand it. And I'll tell you what. I've experienced more prejudice than most white people experience because the way I look. I'm judging you right now. I know. You always do. Yeah. And most people do. I've been told, oh, you're not allowed in here. But you know what? You're I've not never allowed experienced... in here, but it was his house. It was Nancy's I've thing. never <laughs> experienced prejudice from a police officer. I haven't. Okay. One time, one time, I was getting going on an escalator in an airport in Palm Beach, Florida, and a sheriff at the bottom of the escalator stopped me. And he said, where the hell are you coming from? And, and, and he, uh, he ran my name and all. No kidding. Just out of the blue, just ran my ID and all. And he's like, he, he hassled me. He, like, oh. he, he hassled, hassled me because by just from my looks. Mm-hmm. Right. But it was the only time. And, uh, and also I had a huge pipe in my hand. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I think, like drugs, I think I was, <laughs> yeah. I, was taught, I was taught that cops are your friends. That's what I was raised by. I was raised in Philadelphia, and you know what? When I in my childhood, I grew up in the early in the late seventies and early eighties. Cops were your friend. Yeah, and well, and that's the majority of people. You know, North Side does, uh, supports the police and has that attitude too. I mean, tons of minority people come out after the Jamar Clark shooting even support us. But there's a, a current trend, and they jump on the bandwagon without having all the facts of a of a critical incident and immediately condemn. The police, and I think they do it for political purposes more than anything else to gain favor from their base. And we, when we come back next, after our next break, and we're not going there yet, but when we come back, I do want to talk more about the Jamar Clark episode because you've got some unique insight in that uh, one of your sons, like a couple of, of his close coworkers that he went to school with were actually part of that. So you've got uh, another viewpoint on it, which I think that everyone needs to hear. Um, I would like to talk about that. I also wanted to know what it's like, um, what your opinion was about Janae Harto, the current police chief. Is she somebody who, do you think she has your, like, the police forces back? Do you think that she's, well, she's fighting for... She's been on the force for a while, right? Yes, she, she has, a long time. Do you think she was, she's, like, one of you guys, or do you think she's more political? Like, what's your view on I that? I think she kind of dropped the ball on the whole Jamar Clark thing, okay. and sticking up for the cops. Uh-huh. And I think she was... Under a lot of pressure from Mayor Hodges not to speak out or not to support the cops. Right. Yeah. I think in her heart of hearts she wants to do the right thing, but I don't think she's I think allowed she, to. I think she's become a politician. Right. And then how does that affect, I guess, like cops who went into it for the right reasons to, to help people, to protect, you know, protect and serve? How does that affect them oh, if it, they're it, not it, being... It kills the morality, right? It kills the morality. It kills the will to work. You know, if you can say, I can, you know, I can uh, sit in my squad car. Do nothing. And watch these... Two guys do a dope deal in the corner. Right. Here's, just drive away, or I can get out, or I might end up, you know, dead or here, in jail what, myself. I, yeah. No, no. Actually, here's what I was told by not dead or in jail. Here's what I was told. I was told by two cops, I'm not going to get involved because I'm going to get jacked up by my my own my by your my, internal affairs. Yeah, my lieutenant. You're not, not going to get supported. Your inspector. We've had. I mean, we had. Sitting council people come out and try to make yeah. You're uh, going to get jacked complaints. up for doing your job. Jacked up means nothing to me. I don't know what that means. That like, means you're going to get in trouble. Oh, okay. Get in trouble. All right. Is in the clangy? Well, the cops say oh, jacked okay. up. You're gonna, <laughs> that, that's that's cop. Oh, lingo. that's cop. Like, do, I know cop. Wait, you actually We call it the cops get a, go in the penalty box. Okay, yeah. so so you're afraid then? Like, you know what? I'm not even going to deal with that because yeah, gonna I'm going to get jacked up. In the penalty box. Put in the penalty box. And then, or, like, worse, I'm going to, like, end up shooting someone or I'll be shot. And, you know, like, I've got a family to go home to. There's only so far I can go for the passion of my work. And if you're not being, I think in any vocation, but especially this, because it is life and death, um, 
any vocation where you're not backed up by leadership, you suddenly lose yeah. all right. and, all reason and morale to keep going. Yeah. And so and I think people don't grasp the concept that people don't like to accept responsibility for mm-hmm. their criminal acts. And one I way know get, I've never done one, that. One way to get out from underneath that is make a complaint against the cop. And right. even you know, if it's unfounded, it didn't even happen. But still, that gets logged in some and internal it's affairs file. Like yeah. So we got, we got, yeah. we got yeah. two minutes before we go to the break, and I, I want to ask some pretty deep questions here. Oh. So I have a, con- a conspiracy theory. Oh, God, right. yes. That, that the city you. of Minneapolis is hiding most of its crime. <laughs> this, not the cops, the city. The, the tourism department, Meet Minneapolis, is in cahoots with the downtown council and the city cahoots. council. They're all colluding to hide most crime. Now, I know a lot of cops who tell me that they are delayed on their calls, no, no, don't respond for a certain amount of time. So when they get there, it's already broken up and they don't, there's nobody to arrest. And I notice call times are up to 18 minutes now. That's the average call time is 18 minutes. It used to be 8 now it's at 18. Do you think there's anything behind that theory? They just they cook the books on the crime rate. So on, paper, so on paper, our crime rate is lower than it actually is on the streets. Well, I don't know if there's any. There might be. But I don't do you know think that statement's true? Do you think our, our crime rate's lower on paper than it actually is on the streets? Well, I would think, yeah, I think it probably is higher because, well, arrests are way down and they count as incidents. And if cops aren't stopping people... That that doesn't get a case number generated. That doesn't. I've committed at least fifteen or sixteen felonies that will never be on the book. And how and how are these people like the the last kid that shot those thirty five shots fired on Fifth and Hennepin? He had fifty one arrests. Fifty one. It's not uncommon, but how is that possible? How does somebody have fifty one arrests? They're not in prison. You can because they live in Hennepin County, and Hennepin <laughs> County's like uh, what, what do we got? Yeah. Well, so what best we, place to get arrested. Is, is, this a revo- is this a revolving door? Yeah, it's a catch and release program in Hennepin County. You don't want to do the same crime. You know, even going to Anoka, Anoka County, don't do. You're the going same to crime. prison. You're going to prison. All, All right, right. We'll, be back. we'll be back in a minute. With Minneapolis. our Minneapolis police scanner call. Yeah, I want to talk to you about some nine one one calls. Jindra, so excited, can't wait. Minneapolis nine one one. We'll be right back. Minneapolis nine one one Wow, Betty, your remodel looks great. The dining room floor, the gorgeous plush carpet in the living room. Oh, and those kitchen counters are so perfect. I'm so jealous. I want this in my house. Linda, you can. It's easy. I just called Cap Carpet and Flooring and got a free in-home estimate. Then took my ideas to the showroom and Cap's excellent design staff went to work, helping me pick out the perfect style, fabrics, and colors. They really made my ideas come to life. At Cap Carpet and Flooring, we listen to your ideas. And from design concept to Cap's professional installation, Cap makes it easy for your design vision to come to life. Whether it's a remodel or a new home design, Cap helps our customers find the best products for their lifestyle. Hey, Linda, where are you off to? Well, I'm off to Cap Flooring and Carpet. I got great ideas for my guest room. Hey, wait for me. Cap Carpet and Flooring in New Brighton. Stop in or call for an appointment today. 651-636-2617. 651-636-2617. Cap Carpet and Flooring, where design becomes you. Forty years ago, owner Gene Dubois and his friends sat on his granny's front porch step and discussed cars. Matchbox cars. This one? No, not that one. Look under here. That's damaged. This one instead. Cool. No one else would have seen that. Yeah, this one is perfect. And 40 years later, they're still discussing cars. Only now, the cars have grown a little. 
This one? No, not that one. Look under here. That's damaged. See? This one instead. Cool. No one else would have seen that. And this one? Yeah, that one's perfect. How about this one? Fact is, anyone can sell cars. But to sell quality, inspected cars, you have to know what a quality, dependable car looks like. And when you've got Gene and his team and all that experience, you can't help but win. Star Auto and Truck Sales not only sells you the car, you also get friendly customer service and no-hassle shopping. And because these are hand-picked, quality, mechanically fit cars and trucks, just like on Granny's Porch 40 years ago, you get honest value. Something hard to find in today's world. Star Auto and Truck Sales at StarAutoAndTruck.com. And we're back, Minneapolis 911. I'm Hesley Ray with LA Nick, and we've got Jeff Jindra still here in the studio. And we wanted to bring up, you've got a really great organization. Um, you brought us a couple t-shirts and hats for this, um, and it sounds awesome. So what is so it, first of all, and then I will help the, with the uh, Fighting website. Chance Boxing Club, okay. located over uh, 1704 33rd Avenue North, 33rd and James. It's a, it used to be a firehouse. Uh, it's a boxing gym for it's free for the neighborhood youth. Uh, it's, there's some retired cops who teach boxing. There's some pro boxers who teach boxing. Uh, Ryan Bennett, who uh, local restaurant guy here, yep, Ryan is Burnett, the, yeah. the driving force behind it. Yep. And uh, not only do we teach boxing, but uh, they get fed a nutritious meal after their boxing what, who, lesson. Who, who, who actually funds it? Where's the funding coming from? It comes from? from donations. Oh, cool. Uh, Ryan's a master at uh, raising money, and uh, these all these restaurants donate food every day. Well, that's awesome. And uh, so the, some of these kids, it's for, you know. Yeah, I learned about it through a friend, Jay Edinger, who's friends with Ryan, and he told me about it. And I yeah. think it's a great cause. It's a great, it's a great, yeah. it's, you know what, it, it's it, really a positive energy it, there, too. We actually need something like that downtown just to give kids something to do. Right. Because that's the problem. They, they, yes. they're you not need getting, something to do. Too. They have nothing to do. Well, I, I have something to do. I'm leaving for Mexico tomorrow. <laughs> they have nothing to do, and they they want they want to be respected. And right, you know, to be in a boxing club, it gives you respect, and you meet friends. And you know. and we've seen so much change in a lot of these kids. Who oh, the, I can imagine the discipline yeah. it takes to, yeah. to, to to you know to boxing and to, to be coachable. You know, and they work uh, with kids, cops. And some first time these ever interacted with cops where they weren't you know showing up at their house to, I have to, to take dad away. I from have them, to but. admit something. I always that was my fantasy most of my life was to be a boxer. It was because um, I'm a smaller guy, but I have really long arms. There you go. I have freakishly long. I have freakishly long That's arms. What you need. And I'm and I'm and I have really good eye hand coordination because I was a drummer my whole life. So I thought I would always be a good boxer. And it's funny because I ended up living in South Florida, and I was my I owned an automotive shop. I built street rods, and I was right across from Don King's World Headquarters, only in America. So one day, Carl King walks in my office, and he goes, "I want you to build a '59 Cadillac for me." I did every single boxer all through the '90s, every oh, one of them, all the pro boxers. Great. I built a car for every one of them. So I met a lot of boxers, and it's a it's a tough industry. They, don't get me wrong; they, oh, yeah, a lot of them tough. got shafted by mm -hmm. Don King. True. Um, uh, you screw a lot of people over. I don't really have quite as interesting of a story, but like I have really long arms too, and this one's super steady. Except <laughs> this one's like, but what you, should I do you, about that? Well, that's a, sometimes it's a good it's a good thing to have a hand that goes like that <laughs> in your, your opponent's face. Well, you've so, got, okay. uh, from two to eight. It's open um, Monday through Friday. Do they, do, they, right. do they have a senior like and they, a senior? They do. Lady? You want to show up and uh, yeah, I want to have a seniors program. I really, I'm not kidding you. You show up, you can get a boxing lesson. 
Awesome. You can help help out feeding the kids. I, I, have a good time I really there. think I'd be a good boxer. We have uh, all sorts of fitness equipment there. You'd be shocked at the how long a three minute boxing round is. Or hitting, they call it hitting mitts. No, the focus I know. Mitts. I go. I, I I hit the bags yeah, at lifetime. It's, it's a really it's good workout. Yep. It next day you have muscles hurt that you never felt before. Right. It's, so uh, give really us that good. those time frames again, the it's, address, and then I'll give the website. It's seventeen oh four thirty third Avenue North in okay. North Minneapolis, and it's open about uh, from 2 o'clock in the afternoon till 8 at night. All Kids' right. classes, one, there's one that starts at 4, and another one that starts at 6, and then uh, they go for about uh, an hour and a half, and then they eat. And everything's free. Everything's free. So if you want to go there and to have... participate, uh, go there. If you want to donate, go to fightingchancemn.org. And come see me box. And come, come see Ellie Nick box. <laughs> I want to go there, too, with my shaky left hand, and let's see what happens. See, I go like this. I'm going to F my, you I up. I go like this with my right hand. You know so what? I go like this with my right hand, yeah. and then I hit you with my left. Oh, that's a really he's, good tactic. He's sneaky, yes. Who the fuck is that? I go like yeah. this, and then I hit you wow, with my left. Oh, yeah. I do that to Nancy all the time. I go like this, and I grab her boob. Well, <laughs> I'm going to do this with this hand and hit you, and then this hand, I'm just going to yeah, be like, it's what? not going to work. Anyway, okay. I want to I play our 911 calls and get his take. Yes. On these 911 calls. I cannot some, wait. Some of them, I wouldn't, I wouldn't respond to. If I was a cop, I'd be like, sorry, I got an emergency. I'm in the bathroom, and I can't come out. Well, let's see if he responds to us. At the end of this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not the next All week. right, here's our calls. All right, well, we don't well, have in a calls, second right? here. You know, here? I am interested, though. So, again, if you're just tuning in, which hopefully you're not, um, but please listen to the whole show. We've got 33-year veteran of the Minneapolis Police Department here, Jeff Dindra. And listening to 911 calls with him is going to be great. So okay. here we go with our calls. Precinct supervisors to the knowledge of a possible burglary of a dwelling occurring at 4425 Nokomis Avenue South, one house to the south. There's two males in the neighbor's garage. 309 copy. That's 321. 331 and 311 is code 4. We can take a call. 311 or not yet. We should be shortly. 521 code 4. 521 code 4, 330. It's updating on the 4429 Nokomis Avenue South burglary. Suspects are now trying to start the neighbor's. Chevy Blazer that's in the garage trying to looks like they're in it now backing out the garage. Three eleven code four. Three eleven code four three thirty one. Three thirty one we can take a call then. Copy and the suspects are in the vehicle that they took a tan two thousand Chevy Blazer on the license plate is leading southbound in the alley now. Three thirty one looks like they did drive the Looks like a tan Chevy Tahoe southbound in the alley. Unknown license plate, they did hit the garage when they left. It should have front end damage. The caller now also just heard possibly a gunshot, but they're not sure. So I've been hearing more of these since the weather's dropped in the sub-zero temperatures the, of car theft. The running autos. People do it all the time. They start their car, run back in the house, boom. And people jump and I, in. And I don't know, it always intrigued me as where these thieves come from. Are they but it's funny. Lurking about in sub-zero weather. It's funny. And, this but, car oh. was in a garage. Yeah, I, I think it was 15 last weekend. That, uh, yeah. Now, this was a, actually, that's a kind of a common tactic, too. They'll do a home burglary, find the keys. And then take oh. the car, too, to carry mm-hmm. the stuff away. Just dump the car somewhere or else, or else uh, strip it somewhere, the whole and you car. Know what? People don't realize there's a lot more house burglaries than people think oh, there it's, is. It's a, a 
amazing the number of burglaries, especially like it's a, amazing. It, if you, if you it, listen, I tell everybody, you don't know your city till you get a police scanner. Yeah. You get a police scanner and listen to what's happening in Minneapolis, you will be shocked. Like uh, be a Sunday night, like after a Fourth of July weekend when everybody gets back home and. House Literally, some district cars will be going from That's burglary to burglary. That's a really good idea, burglary, though, burglary, because burglary. with the fireworks going off, no one would respond to like you know bangs in the house. Or, well, I mean, they yeah. mostly went, they know people are going to be out of town for those sure. weekends. Right. Right. Christmas, right. Thanksgiving, right? Smart yeah. criminals. Yeah. What's yeah. a three eleven code for? I always tell people too when don't don't post on Facebook that you're leaving your house. And don't say it on the radio either. You just said you were going to Mexico. Guess I who's breaking pe- into your I house? I got people Me. staying That's at my cool. house. And then oh. the 311, uh, the 3 is the, the precinct, third precinct, which okay. is southeast. And then the 11 would be the, it would be a dog watch, a night shift car, or a day shift car in the 10 district. Hmm. Which is, an, they have each each car, two-man car, has like a little area that's their responsibility. Right. Oh, All right, let's go to our next call. teaching me so much. Right. So I'm guaranteeing this is a drunk white guy who yes, just watched a football a, game. This would be a 19-year-old <laughs> drunk guy. Crushed Bud Light cans <laughs> in the back. They're swinging the Bud Light cans are all over the ice by now. But, yeah. <laughs> and he's going to eventually probably roll the thing or something. But. I love Minnesota. All right, let's go to our next call that I really want to get your opinion on because this one sc- would scare me. Clearly behind the home near he heard a, what she feels is about three females with flashlights just screaming and yelling. She did hear one specifically yell for help. And it is going to be in the woods, 21-53. So three females screaming and it's going to be in the woods. Like, I'm not going in the woods, man. I'd rather go on in the fire... The fire Firefight. Did you ever watch Blair Witch Project? It sounds like Blair Witch Project. It can get spooky, but Mm -hmm. you're you're the police. You got to go. So if you got that call and they said you have to go walking through these woods, like over, I don't know if you've ever been to that trestle over in Lilydale behind... Yeah, I've been Fort by there. there. Yeah. Right. That's scary, man. Oh, it is like, kind of spooky. If, if, it, if I got that call, I'm like, I'm not going in there. Yeah, the scariest I've ever been was in the, there used to be a homeless encampment where like Broadway Pizza is over back there. That was just so spooky to walk through that. Oh, it's that all night like and camp? They all fled before we got there, but you could tell they were still in the woods like watching you. Uh, really spooky. Yeah, because you don't know who, where anybody no, is no, or where who's they are, behind what tree. Pitch black some nights or the Did cloudy you, night. I don't like the woods. Use yeah. your flashlights or would you shut them off so like they couldn't? We'd uh, you kind of like put coming. your hand over the beam. You don't want to give yourself away and try to be sure. as right. stealthy as I'd possible. I'd imagine in today's environment, you would turn your flashlight off. Right, and just try to sneak up. and then. But then you don't want to. I mean, there's a lot of obstructions. You don't want to trip and fall. See, that's, and that, the whole woods thing is a whole new venture. Right. It's, it's that's like that's, that That turns a cop into a soldier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you're doing infantry tactics. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're in the military <laughs> now. That's what I would do. I'm not even a cop, but I go out there with face paint on. I'm just hiding. I'm, you should be afraid of me. Um, so I don't want to change the subject too oh, rapidly. You know Can I ask one more question first? Mm, yes. Okay, so I did a thing. So I, I did a thing today. So we, the shooting that was in Fort Lauderdale. Correct. I and I and I, I I'm blown away by this. All our local news was all about a guy from Minneapolis who was happened to be in the airport when that shooting happened. He wasn't in the terminal; he was just in the airport. 
from a guy from the city of Minneapolis. Right. He was just in the same airport. So it was, that was the talk of every news station. But they didn't. They they mentioned two seconds that we had six shootings in two days in downtown Minneapolis on the same corner. Now all of a sudden they have cops at MSP International Airport with AR-15s. Right. Hmm. But they don't have cops at third and Hen- third and first Hen- with Hen- AR-15s. Right. Where people are actually getting shot and killed. What, what what's going on here? Is this political? Is this the police department saying? We're not, we're not going to show any for it. It's just all politics. Well, I think it's politics. They don't want to allocate the resources to, to end those, those problems or, or, downtown. Or is it, or is it or they don't want to show that we actually have crime downtown? Well, that's another thing, too. They don't want to, you know, welcome to Minneapolis. You're under arrest. They don't want that policy. So they'd <laughs> rather just agree with If you go to New York City or any major city, there is plenty of cops. They're lined up by the dozens with AR-15s. Right. Which, which somebody posted that AR-15 is a crappy gun. It's not a good weapon. A military guy said that's a crappy weapon that they jam up a lot. No, if you get the right ones, I mean, okay. there's level of makes you can get. Okay. But we have so it they, depends on what AR stands for. Is it Anoka Ramsey or assault <laughs> rifle? And I, I got one more question. Armor light rifle. I got one more question, and Hesley can go on with her, her Jamar Clark questions. Uh, how hard is it? So if something goes down in downtown Minneapolis, how quick can officers get to those weapons? Can they get to the real weapons? The long guns, uh, those, those would be almost impossible unless you're having some some patrol officers do have uh, long guns in their trunks of their squad. I mean, how how, case, how quick case, can a cop get an AR-15? Uh, two days? Two or three minutes. No, some some <laughs> cops actually are issued AR-15s. They have well, them in the trunk, but they're, they're cased in the it. trunk. Okay. They so, go to special so you don't have to go through a bunch of red tape and requests. And no. To get it, no. you SWAT have op- access. SWAT officers. Do they have a button that they can push and the trunk opens, or do they have to actually unlock it? No, they can push a button. A button. Push okay. a button, go in there, and so grab so, it so and... we can get protected right. with an AR-15 have... quickly. Yes, they okay. do. I just wanted to. I just I didn't know the answer to that. No cops ever. I never asked the officer that. So. Well, now we know, and with that, um, I would like to not to you know abruptly change you know what we're talking about, but you did have some interesting insight for the Jamar Clark. Uh, situation mm-hmm. and and from my understanding, one of your sons, who is a current police officer, two of his classmates were involved directly with that situation. Correct. I'd like to hear multiple levels from a dad perspective with um, sons who are currently in the force dealing with this current climate for cops, and then what you think. Um, I guess I guess I would just like your opinion overall on on the entire situation and then how we can work together to change it going forward because it is it is a horrible climate right now for everyone involved. Right. And I, I, the way that uh, the aftermath of how the, the the police were treated after the Clark shooting kind of very upsetting and I think that's what's led to the you know there's a 50% drop off in the number of arrests. Well don't don't you think that that the mayor really and instigated a lot of that and yeah, dropped she the did. ball. I, and I had no idea until, you know, I know these these two officers. I was involved in, uh, I used to be part-time defensive tactics trainer. I trained them in their academy classes and uh, the friends of my sons. When it's happened, uh, you know, the mayor came out and didn't really back them or didn't say anything like, let's wait till the investigation is over. If they, you know, these guys, if they did wrong, you know, I'll, I'll slam the prison door on them. But for now, we, we hired and we trained good people. Let's let the facts play, the investigation play out. Uh, instead, she was just, you know, didn't say anything. And then um, then called and she requested the federal investigation. 
mm-hmm. which is uh, something that's never really happened in, in Minneapolis on an officer-involved shooting. And then they were, they were also transferred to, we, we called this, there's a, uh, I don't know if you know that, but there's, I got it, probably at least 25 officers that work in this called the Strategic Information Center, which is like a, that's where all the cameras are monitored, that's where they yeah. pull up information. It's like a command center. Right. I, I've, been in, I've been in that room. It's also. I've, I've watched all those screens, and you can watch a criminal go the whole city, right. wherever they commit the crime, you can watch them for 100 blocks. Right. And I've been in that room, there's actually two of them. There's two of those monitor rooms, right? Because there's so there's so so much so area much, they're covering, right. and I actually know the guy who designed that system. Now they can move with the criminal. They didn't used right. to be able to. They used to be able to just watch one spot. Now they can follow the actual person, camera to camera to camera to camera. Which it's pretty high tech. I mean, mm-hmm. Minneapolis has a pretty high tech system with shot right. spotter and the and our and our film. And then they, they were uh, the officers themselves were transferred there. In a sense, and that's and there are some people who really enjoy that job. But uh, general, just the general rule, younger police officers want to be out in the thick of things. They want Do to they be out there working. Do they call it the sick room? The, the sick sickum, it's called sickum, and they were. Uh, and it's kind of a penalty box. It's one mm-hmm. of the penalty boxes they have in their department. If you're a young guy who wants to be out there, you know, in the thick of things, doing your job, helping people, if you get stuck in there, you know, you're kind of a you're like in limbo yeah you're yeah. kind of a limbo and that's yep. where these two guys were stuck and almost for it's a year like back in the old day you got put on the desk job right the rubber gun yeah. squad or whatever yeah. they used to call it in the old days and these, these guys were stuck there for like a year used to be the, the protocol was you could get three days off if you're involved in a shooting then you come in during that three days if you're able you come in then you give your statement and then talk to internal affairs, and then you would go right back to work. You could see, if you wanted to, you could get psychological counseling. You'd have your supervisor would talk to you, and then they'd put you back to work, which the, they've, they've done tons of studies where that's the best for the officer's state of mind if he goes right back into it, if he's able after the three days, after he's decompressed and processed everything. Do you feel like there's a pro- there was or is a problem, though, with um, with the climate of police officers like reacting out of fear versus right nobody nobody you know use of force continuum right nobody i mean you're only you're you're one contact away from being those guys and sitting in a cubicle for a year Yeah, you're you're one you're one move away from getting jacked up right right you send them the penalty box now i know what that means Mm -hmm. and most of it is on the political side not department side and then not, not only that i mean the mayor requested the fbi investigate it they came in and they, I mean, these guys had their, their parents were interviewed, their phone records subpoenaed. They talked to their realtors about whether are these guys, you know, the FBI came out and are these racist cops? Have they said anything bad about minorities? So, I mean, they wow. t- turned their whole world upside down. I, I've actually seen multiple unprecedented things like that since Bessie right. Hodges has been right. mayor. Uh, that was unprecedented to call in a federal investigation. Doesn't happen in any other city. It ha- Now it has since then right. because she set the precedence. Also, I've seen... Hennepin County being brought into city issues that are unprecedented. Right. Hennepin County now now issuing uh, properties with problem property citations that are in the city. Right. Which well, you, the to, city used to do city that. Used to do that. Now they're kicking it to Hennepin County so they don't get any backlash. No, like no backlash being, for being voting. Pre- being oppressive. Yeah. So they so they could get their votes. You know. Right. And you also had pandering. City, you also had city sitting council people. Out there in that Occupy 4th Precinct calling for these guys to be charged with, with crime or with murder and, and fired well, without any of the facts. Unfortunately, I mean, we got some real winners on the city yeah, council. I mean, could you imagine? I mean, the, the city council person is ultimately like the cop's boss. Could you imagine you're, you worked at Honeywell and you had a vice president? He wants you locked up without even knowing any of the facts. I mean, and what's scary is everybody on city council 
just gets elected to mayor and it never <laughs> changes. Now, nobody on city council, they don't even have discussions about everything because they're all the same person. So they all have the same <laughs> mindset. So there's not even a discussion about any issue. It's just all yay, all nay. That's it's true. Nobody brings up, you know what? I don't agree with that. It's all the same. No, there is no uh, so diverse it's, it's, it's We're going to continue this course of the city government against MPD and MPD against city government because they're polar opposites and nobody brings up discussions. we got Barb Johnson still I, in our corner. I actually love Barb Johnson <laughs> so and I. I love Lisa Goodman. There are two people, right. that, that, there are two people that are I consider more moderate. In reality, they're more in reality. They understand the real-life issues going on in the city of Minneapolis. It's a shame that neither of them want to be mayor because they they just have no interest. Right. Yeah, they seem to be to get it more than the other people. Yeah, they're 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 set where they are. So I would say this is first of all, thank you so much for your time. I hope you come back to the show again in the future because I I feel like we got maybe like a tenth of the way through of what I what we need to hear from somebody like you. Um, to to wrap this I up, I can with bring you, a bogus boy if you want. Next I would time, love that. Was, yeah, I actually would started in South Minneapolis. Love that. Yeah, don't, okay. um, but I guess like to wrap it up with you for this particular show before you come back in the future. One thing, like from your point of view, with all of your experience, with with all the knowledge that you've had being a Minneapolis police um, presence for over thirty three years. What would you say in our current climate is one thing that people could hold on to to promote positive change? going forward like one like one tiny thing that even like somebody like i could do um you know somebody like in me a blonde uh, woman from uptown be supportive and don't don't you know the the, don't jump into conclusions when you have critical incidents that happen wait for Mm -hmm. the facts to come out give the police a benefit or not the you don't have to give them benefit i'll just wait to reserve judgment to you know all the facts and how, 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 I, I, I feel, I feel so, when I'm out in the streets and I watch what's going on with their police department, I feel so terrible of people filming everything cops do and then editing and only showing one right. part. That's they the didn't part. show the guy come up and spit in the cop's face. They showed the aftermath of it. Right. And I just think it's, un, it's just not fair. It's, no, it's, it's, it's not. It's an unbalanced thing to go on. But we appreciate you coming on. Thanks, everybody, for, I had fun. for listening. We'll be back with this. Uh, more Minneapolis 911 when we come back. Let's not get jacked up too much. Minneapolis911.com. You want great hair? Join the evolution. Evolution Salon, the Twin Cities only Lanza Concept Salon. You want great hair? Join the evolution. Evolution Salon has everyday styles, event cuts, color, foils, makeup services, hip, cool, and oh, so stylish. Delivered by the area's top hairstylists that will make you look like a runway model. Finish off the look with great products exclusively from Lanza. You want great hair? Join the evolution. And experience hair culture at Lynn Lake in South Minneapolis. Look down the street. It's a car. It's it's a truck. No, it's Super Shuttle. Super Shuttle, the blue and yellow vans that pick you up from your office or home. Super Shuttle to the airport, corporate office, or a night on the town. Super Shuttle picks you up and takes you there. No more hassling with luggage or airport parking. Eliminate the expense of taxis, the traffic jam, or that creepy guy on the bus. Call Super Shuttle today. 1-800-BLUE-VAN. That's 1-800-BLUE-VAN. Super Shuttle will pick you up and take you there. Welcome to The Exchange. A swanky cocktail lounge for grown-ups of stunning beauty. The Exchange. Featuring two full-service bars, a dance floor, exclusive VIP seating. With the Twin 
city's sexiest people. The most state-of-the-art sound and light equipment available anywhere in North America. The first Function One Evo sound system. Exchange Nightclub, 10 South 5th Street, Lumber Exchange Building, downtown Minneapolis. The Exchange, your premier nightlife destination. And we're back to wrap things up here at Minneapolis 901. So uh, I want just to tell everybody, you know, we do this show because we love Minneapolis, and we're just trying to find solutions to some of our problems. And the only way to do that is to just discuss them. People don't want to have dis- people on like Jeff Ginger. You people, know, like pe- yeah. You know, I kn- I moved here, and I'm like, why is nobody talking about what's going on over there? Because it's very private. Like we like, like to like, keep our business and, under the rug. And now it's gotten to the point where. At first, when I started saying this stuff, people were like, hey, shut up. You can't say that about Minneapolis. And now Mm -hmm. it's at a point where everybody's like on coming on my side like, yeah, we got some problems. I'm like, I've been Mm -hmm. saying this for six years. We if we did it the year one, we could have nipped it in the bud. Now Mm -hmm. it's so big. I don't know how I don't know how we're going to fix it. But you know what? I won't give up because I love living in downtown Minneapolis. I love where I live and I love the city and I'm I'm destined to make solutions happen. It's your destiny. It mm-hmm. is. It's my yeah. purpose. And I think that, like, I'd like to extend the invite. Again, if people have different points of view, let's, you know, reach out to us. Like, we're, we're Minneapolis911.com. Both L.A. Nick, Find me, Hesley Ray, we're on Facebook. We will respond to you. If you want to be on the show, let us know. Like, let's talk about it. Let's, let's open up the forum for the discussion. If you don't want to, like, actually call in, Please comment on our website, Facebook us. Let's, you know, let's invite everyone to the table, though, to at least have the discussion. That's where healing happens That's first. In, including Betsy Hodges. I, you know what, Mrs. Hodges, I would love to have you on the show. I'll roll out the red carpet. You and I can put lip gloss you know on she together. Would, she would never do it. She might. Never. You know what? I feel like she might just do it. Never Let's give her a couple ne- drinks. Oh, that's what she needs, a couple cocktails. Yeah, a couple cocktails. We'll come on in here. Everything will be fine. That's she should anyway, um, start drinking. I've got either. two things to, well, three things to say before we wrap up. One is please go out to the Uptown VFW, 8.30 p.m. next Tuesday. Um and it's the third Tuesday of every single month where they're doing a comedy showcase with professional comedians only. It's free. Um, please also listen to our show, Minneapolis911.com. And check out Fighting Chance Boxing Club in North Minneapolis. Yes, they are at fightingchancemn.org. Um, that is Jeff Jindra's uh thing and and ours now too i think we're going to be there boxing each other i'm going to go there and box. i'm going to beat the crap out of you great boxer, man. you know what you and me and i'm going to win i got quick eye hand coordination yeah well i'm going to f you yeah, up let's see All hey right. minneapolis911.com check out our past episodes thanks guys see you next time You have been listening to Minneapolis 911 with L.A. Nick and Hesley Ray. Join us and download a new show every Wednesday at 9 a.m. on the Tom Bernard Network at Minneapolis911.com. For further information on today's and past shows, go to Minneapolis911.com. Minneapolis 911 post-production provided by Nancy Keene and Buko Latidon. This show is a Robert W. Morgan production. I'm Casey Moo. Thank you for listening to Minneapolis 911.